sometimes do half the class I knew for parents who would like a callback. And like you said, I'd probably pick ones where I know parents have big concerns and were usually chatting to me and I know they're going to pick up the phone. And then for the parents who it was like whispers, like the tumbleweeds were like rolling in from that parent, I would just flick them an email. Welcome to Rainbow Skies for New Teachers, where we're all about bite-sized tips and simple strategies for bright and busy new teachers. If you're in your first few years of your career and want to make the rollercoaster ride of teaching more fun, streamlined and stress-free, you're in the right place. We're Ashley and Alicia, the dynamic duo from Rainbow Sky Creations, and we're excited to be your teacher mentors on the go. There are rainbows ahead, my friend. And together, we're unstoppable. Let's get into today's episode. Here at Rainbow Sky Creations, we acknowledge the Dharaw people and the Wujak Noongar people, the traditional custodians of the lands on which we record this podcast today, where we live, work and learn. We pay our respects to their past, present and emerging elders of this nation and supports the cultural, spiritual and educational practices of First Nations people. We are back for episode 17 of Rainbow Skies for New Teachers. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. It is February and I can't believe how quickly the year is flying, but we know that teachers, you're in the thick of it. It is term one here down under. And today we're going to be talking about parent communication. And you're probably going to have a bit of it coming up in the next few weeks and had a bit of it already in the past couple of weeks. Yes. And we're going to talk about how to be proactive with that communication with parents and keeping it positive. Because I find that one of the things that we do as teachers, and I have fallen into this trap as well, is we only ever communicate with parents at the teacher parent meeting or if something negative is going on with their child. So we're going to talk about how we can communicate with them beyond those two particular reasons today. Yeah. I had a funny situation at my last school where we do a parent evening and it was a double stream up until year four. So me and my grade partner did the meeting together and we shared about everything that was happening in year three. And I don't know if this has ever happened to you. I feel like it might have been how small the degrees of separation are in the Shire, but I was sitting there and I spotted a parent that I knew from a lifetime ago. And I was like, oh my gosh, am I teaching his child? Like, (laughs) this is awkward. At the end, he came up to me and he's like, Alicia. I was like, hello. He's like, do you remember me? And I'm like, I feel like I should, but I don't know what 22-year-old Alicia was doing 15 years ago. So thankfully to report that I went to summer camp with this parent. We met in America teaching kids and we had done a bit of traveling through America, but I had had a complete blame blank. Like I was there going, is this from like a really bad interaction at a, like a party or did I (laughs) work with you? And I just don't remember. But I think when you meet parents, you need to take it with a little bit of humor. Yes, parents are there to advocate for their kids, but they're not as scary as you think, even if you bump into one that you knew from a lifetime ago. For sure. It's funny you tell us this story because today I was at the gym and I was chatting. And as I was leaving, this lady said to me, Ashley, (laughs) I said, yes. And she looked familiar, but I live in a place where, you know, I've grown up here and there's lots of people around that look familiar. And she said, you taught my two sons and I taught them back in kindergarten. I said, oh yes. She reminded me of their names and everything. And I could place her then once she reminded me, but I said to her, so are they finished school now? I taught these two boys in kindergarten. One was one year and one came the following year. And she said, oh yes. They're 20 and 19 right now. One of them's a real estate agent and one of them is studying and 
gone into cyber safety. So, wow, it made me feel really old. But that parent, because I was their teacher of her children in their first years of school, she still had a connection with me. And once she said who she was, I remembered and it made me think you're an important part of their children's lives. So therefore you're an important part of their lives as a parent as well. And I think as new teachers, often we start out our careers and we haven't had children ourselves. Some teachers go into it a little bit later and they have had their own kids, but we don't understand what it feels like to be a parent. So sometimes these little reminders do really help. And I wish someone had told me these sorts of things when I first started teaching. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's one thing. If you're starting out, teaching is your first career and you haven't had kids, that there's this little bit at the back of your mind going, hang on a second, am I going to be okay with this? Like to communicate with the parents because I haven't specifically had experience raising kids. But remember, you're there to teach kids, like raising kids and teaching kids. You can see it may, it overlaps a bit, but really you're there to navigate and equip them to be able to learn and adapt to life. But I mean, unfortunately, I feel like over the years, and I feel like we're getting onto another topic here, that teaching has come a lot more of like incorporating the social and emotional learning that comes Mm. with parenting. But remember, first and foremost, you are there to teach and equip kids to be lifelong learners. And so all those skills that you're going to teach them isn't about the parenting part of things. No, it's not. And you might even get parents coming in. Being a parent can be a very, very hard job at times. And they may come in and ask you for advice or explain things that are happening at home. And one little one-liner that I used to use in my years of teaching before I became a parent myself, which I feel like always was a great backup, is I'd say to the parent, listen, I'm not a parent myself, but from my teacher perspective, and then I was able to give a little bit of help or my opinion on something, but making it clear that you're not a parent, so you don't know exactly what they're going through. And I did find when I was a new teacher, parents would come in and they would ask for advice. And it'd be so hard because I was in my early 20s. Like I had no advice about raising kids. I was there to be their teacher. So you're right. Mm. Anyway, I feel like we're really digressing onto a different track of things. (laughs) It wouldn't be an episode if we didn't. (laughs) No, you are right. But we wanted to talk about some more positive ways that you can communicate with parents beyond those parent-teacher meetings and beyond that contact that you might need to make if something isn't going right in the classroom. That's it. So we kind of want to equip you with ways to communicate when there isn't a problem or a behavioral issue or something academic is happening in that child's life at school. So here are some ways that you can just create that ease of communicating with parents about things that are going great in the classroom. Now, we know that you have a huge number of kids in your class, like some of you are hitting 30 plus kids that you're teaching. So what we're going to share today is something that can be done by staggering it over the term or some ways that just keeps everyone informed if they want to hear about it. Because some parents are really happy to let you do your thing and be like, what happens at school happens at school. What happens at home happens at home. And I don't mind. I'm happy with what you're doing. And then you'll find the parents who really, really appreciate these little updates. So every parent is going to approach how they want to be communicated and how often to you. So the first one is give positive feedback to your students. Tell them that you're proud of them because if they're hearing that from the teacher, guarantee the kids are going to go home and share that with their parent. It may not be on the first or fifth time you say it, but eventually one point in the year, I bet that kid is going to tell their parent caregiver that Miss was so impressed with my XYZ. Yeah. I even like to say to them, 
Listen, Alicia, you've got an extra special homework task today. You need to go home and tell an adult that I was really proud of you. Or you need to go home and tell an adult how much you were awesome at blah, blah, blah. And it just gives them that warm little fuzzies. They love it. They do. Like I would give them a sticker and I'd be like, you have to tell someone why you got that sticker. If someone asks you about that sticker, you have to tell them why you got it. And I'll do the same with little like bands I might give them. Or if I stuck a note in their diary that said so-and-so was amazing at maths, I'm like, you have to tell them what you did that made you amazing at maths. So it's, you're not stealing the thunder from them, right? Like they're having that opportunity to share the glory of their awesomeness. Yeah. And also it starts to build that idea that the teacher and the parents are a team and everyone's working together for them, the student. It's really nice. It creates that connection between school and home. That's it. Absolutely. Now, at the beginning of the year, you would have shared with your parents how you like to communicate. At a lot of the schools I've taught at being in independent schools, the kids have had diaries. So it's always been like to parents, that's usually our first port of call because I'm always checking the diaries or it might be, it's an email, send me an email if you need to get in touch with me, which is probably more common nowadays. But that's where mentioning before, leaving a note in the diary because you know, parents or someone is going to see it within the week. Another fun one is if you want to leave little personalized cards for kids and they might just put it in their pockets and their parents will find it if they're doing the laundry or find the clump of paper after doing the laundry. But you're going to find the kids whose little love language is gift giving and they love getting gifts and they will go home and share that with their parents. So when you're looking at communicating with parents, you kind of want to look at a variety of different ways because people have different ways of communicating. The little notes is one way and giving the verbal feedback is another way. So we've got more ideas to give positive communication. Yeah. Those kids that come to you and make little notes or draw little pictures for you, they may be the kids that really appreciate those notes in return. So that's just something to sort of keep in your filing cabinet in your mind as well. That's it. All right. Now, positive phone calls home. Now, I was watching this TikTok the other day. It was an American teacher and she was saying that one of the requirements from her leadership team was at the beginning of the school year, every teacher had to call every parent in the first week to make the connection. And there was people blowing up in the comments. Some people saying like, I've done this and it was really great. The parents really appreciated it. It was great to get off on that starting foot. Other people were saying, oh, just another thing to do as a teacher. Like, I feel like I'm already overwhelmed and overworked and phone calls home. I mean, I personally don't like a phone call home. I'm not really a phone talker. But if this is something that you think you could do, you don't have to connect with every parent at the beginning of the year. However, that is something that you could do if you feel like that would be important and a good way to connect. But you could make positive phone calls home throughout the year. So Alicia and I like to choose two students a week Mm -hmm. and maybe on a Monday afternoon, you go in, you make that phone call home. People always say, what do you do if the parents don't answer? Leave a message. Hey, Mrs. Blah, blah, blah. It's Mrs. Smith here. I am Alicia's teacher. Just wanted to let you know. Alicia's been going really great with her writing. Wanted to touch base. No need to call back. I hope you have a great day. Congratulations, Alicia. Hang up. Simple. Perfect. It doesn't have to be complicated. I think if it's over a term, you plan to touch base with every parent. Great. You might have parent meetings within the first three weeks. So you go, do you know what? I don't really feel like a phone call is appropriate because I'm actually meeting all parents face to face. So maybe you just make it a task in term two where things get a bit quiet and you can go, hey, I'm still here and I'm still looking out for your kid, teaching your kid. And I just want to tell you how awesome they've been. For sure. It's also a great way to connect if a parent 
comes and brings a concern in that first week or two and you have a meeting and they say, oh, you know, my child's really anxious or my child hasn't really been making many friends. You could call them a few weeks later and just report back on that concern. And I know as a parent myself, I would love that because there's nothing worse than sending your child off to school and you don't think that they're happy in their classroom or with their friends or what have you. So that's another way that you could incorporate phone calls home. Alicia, what do you think? Would you do that? Would you call every parent at the beginning of the year or does that just sound like something that's too much for you? It would overwhelm me because personally, I like to handball in the past all phone call requirements to my husband. Like, you know, back in the day when you didn't have menu log and you had to order pizza by calling up, I'd be like, it's not my job. (laughs) I felt like I had to really overcome it. But I would definitely feel for me, I would sometimes do half the class I knew for parents who would like a callback. And like you said, I'd probably pick ones where I know parents had big concerns and were usually chatting to me and I know they're going to pick up the phone. And then for the parents who it was like whispers, like the tumbleweeds were like rolling in from that parent, I would just flick them an email. And that's another way to communicate with them is just send an email. It doesn't have to be long. I think with any email communication with parents, short, sharp, concise. And if you need to talk about something for longer than three sentences, send in the email that I want to chat to you, whether you come in face-to-face or a phone call. For a positive email, I'd just be doing one to two sentences. And if I had a photo bonus, or if we were using an online platform and I knew the parents were using it, like Seesaw, Dojo, I'm probably showing my age here. There are other ones out there. I know for the early years, my daughter is on Story Park. So we would get a notification and like a photo shared. It doesn't have to be much. A simple sentence and a photo goes a long way. Okay. So our next idea is about leaving little notes in students' workbooks, even little affirmations to say what they're done well that particular day. So if you've got one of those open door classrooms where an open door policy where parents can come in and students can share their work, they've got that. I guess it's not evidence, is it? But it's, what is it? I'd say it's a way to let the students know and let the parents know a skill that they have been working on that's been noticed, right? It's like, hey, you're really good at problem solving or you didn't give up when it got too hard or your handwriting's getting so much better. Like I can tell you've been working hard at it. Obviously, you're not going to write all of that in your written note, but just kind of being like handwriting, chef's kiss, amazing, is going to go a long way. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. That's exactly what I was trying to say. Thank you, Alicia. I think there is one other way that you can communicate to parents and it involves communicating with everyone on the get-go is... Your school might ask you to do a weekly email, which is always a nice way to just recap. And I feel like it makes you accountable on what you plan to cover next week in terms of the core learning areas. And sometimes it lets you attach photos. It can become a bit of a pain if your school wants you to do that because you're like, oh, it's another job to do and the photos aren't downloading or I did take photos this week. But it is a way to keep everyone in the loop. Another thing that I've seen teachers do is they have a whiteboard or a little, especially in the early years, because like, come on, in year six, a lot of the parents aren't rocking up because they're like, ah, these kids have got it. They've been doing this for years. But in the early years, like a little easel or a whiteboard on the outside of the classroom, just saying, hey, today we're going to be doing, mention one exciting thing that you're going to be doing, even if it's like, we've got music today and we're changing library books. Woohoo. Then the parents know there's something they can talk about with their kids. It doesn't have to be complicated and it can be really basic. Yeah, it can be. And sometimes the basic ways are the best ways, really. As parents, I know as a parent, look, here comes my whinge for the day. There are so many things coming through on the school apps and you've got newsletters and there's an app for this. And if you've got multiple children, there's multiple apps and multiple classes. And then there's WhatsApp groups for the parent messages and all sorts of things. So keeping it simple is great. 
from a parent's perspective. Yes. And if we're saying you want to do a one-on-one, if you're doing one positive feedback a term for a kid, I class that as success as a teacher. Oh, massively. (laughs) Because there is so much expected of you. But I think sometimes when you're going into your career and you are overwhelmed by parents, you have to be a little bit proactive at stepping out of your comfort zone. So by doing these things, it's going to start to become muscle memory. So when the awkward situations come about, you go, hang on, I can handle this because I've been communicating with this parent about random stuff that the kid's been doing that when they're having a problem, it's easier to open that line of communication. And I think sometimes when schools do parent meetings at the beginning of the year, it's really good at ripping off the band-aid and being like, hey, this is me as your student's teacher. Tell me about your kid. I really want to get to know them better because I want us to be on the same team this year. So we will do another episode about parent meetings that is to come because I think that's a really important one to do. Yeah, it is an important one to do. And I agree with you. I think those meetings at the beginning of the year can be so helpful. They're time consuming, but you get to put a face to a name. And you get to make that connection with, okay, this is this child's parent. And it just makes it a lot easier, especially if a parent shows up at your door one afternoon, they're upset about something, you know who they are. It's just not some random person you're thinking, who belongs to you? (laughs) Yeah. On our school system, I loved when it just kind of showed you a little bit. Some schools would collect, you know, the parent's name and it'll be like, oh, what the parent does is a job. And you'd be like, oh, curious, like what, you know, what does this parent do? But I think as well, when you're talking about parent communication and if you've got a blended family, you make sure no matter what, even if it Mm. hasn't been articulated, you are sending communication to both parties, unless there's obviously a court order that says, you know, that parent does not have communication with that child. Making sure that you are checking the school system in terms of respecting that both parties and both caregivers are getting the same piece of information. Even if one parent giver is the one who deals with that, you still make sure everyone's in the loop. Definitely. That is very, very good advice. Okay, so to wrap it up, we've come up with a whole heap of different ways that you can communicate with students and with parents. They have kind of been combined, but we've done that on purpose because it's all about creating that team, that learning team for the student. We do have a freebie because we love giving away things for free, anything to help teachers. But if you want to go down the path of setting a goal for semester one and you want to reach out to each parent by email or phone call or both, we've got a little template where you can put in your student names, even the parent names, and you can just tick off and be like, yep, I reached out to that parent or yep, I followed up on that concern that they had. And now I remember the one extra thing I had was if you are going into the end of semester one, and you know your report is going to have something in it that could ruffle a parent's feathers, go in there forward land. Like you want to be in touch with that parent come term two. If you've got a niggle that something isn't going well, get on top of it sooner than later. The parents are never going to go, oh my God, I can't believe you told me my kid is doing really bad at multiplication. They're going to be like, great. Thank you. If anything, the sooner you tell them, the more appreciative that they're going to be. So that was just something else with positive communication. Be on top of the things that you feel could be red flags in the future. Get on top of them quick, fast. Yeah. And if you feel like, hmm, there's something not quite right here, but you don't know what it is, like you're only new and you're not really sure or you're not really sure if it's quite right, go and talk to another teacher. Go and seek out the teacher that taught that child last year or ask your classroom next door neighbor or ask a friend at school in the staff room, look, this is my concern. What do you think? Because they may be able to give you another perspective and then you can go into that parent meeting with just a little bit more under your belt to help explain it to them and help offer ideas 
to help their child. You never want a surprise on a report. So all of this that we're talking about today is a really great point, Alicia. We're building up so that things aren't surprises when the school reports come around. Yep. Nobody likes surprises. It is Unless they're birthday surprises. <laughs> That's it. Free, <laughs> free cake, cupcakes in the staff room. We're all for it. So beautiful new teachers going into your first, second, third year, just get the parents on board, have those great conversations about what their kid's doing amazing, but that's going to prepare you for being more equipped when you have to have those uncomfortable conversations. A hundred percent. Don't be scared. You have got this and we are your cheerleaders the whole way along. So if you want us to be your cheerleaders for this whole year or even for a couple of months to get your confidence up, come join our membership Transform Your First Years where we will give you resources, tips, teacher tools, parent scripts, and we are here to answer your questions. So check out the show notes. But if you want to get in with a special price, jump into rainbowskies.com forward slash secret and you can find out a bit more about Transform Your First Years. Yeah, I mean, it is a fantastic opportunity. In February, we had a whole focus on parent communication, dealing with tricky parents and what to do in those situations. And we provided some other teacher tools and some helpful bits and pieces to our members all around connecting with parents. If you want to check it out, go and do it. Follow that link. We'll pop it in the show notes. Until next week, there are rainbows ahead, my friend. And together we're on Unstoppable.